0: Section 96 of Curiosities of Street Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Curiosities of Street Literature by Various. Division 4, Part 31. Execution of Michael Barrett, who was executed this morning at the Old Bailey for the willful murder of Sarah Ann Hodgkinson one of the sufferers at the clerkenwell explosion this morning the unfortunate fenian convict michael barrett suffered the extreme penalty of the law at the old bailey the prisoner has been attended by the reverend mr hussey a roman catholic priest who has remained with him a considerable time every day he was very taciturn and although he was no doubt aware of the efforts that were being made to obtain a reprieve it was a noticeable fact that he never attempted to declare his innocence. Down to recently he used to attend the service in the prison regularly, but after Mr. Hussey had been with him he entirely refrained from doing so. He has not been visited by anyone since his conviction. All his relations appear to reside in Ireland, and he does not seem to have had any connections or friends in this country." The sheriffs of the prison arrived at an early hour, and immediately proceeded to the condemned cell, where they found the prisoner in devotional exercises with the Reverend Mr. Hussey. He declared himself ready to die, and seemed to consider himself a martyr. The time having arrived, Calcraft, the executioner, was introduced to the prisoner, who immediately commenced pinioning him, which operation having been gone through, the prisoner thanked the governor and other officials of the prison for their kindness towards him. The procession was then formed, and slowly took its way towards the scene of execution. The prisoner ascended the scaffold with a firm step. Everything having been prepared, the cap was drawn over his eyes and the rope adjusted, the bolt was drawn, and he appeared to struggle but slightly before life was extinct." copy of verses adieu vain world i now must leave you here i cannot longer dwell i have been tried and i am sentenced to die for the deed in clerkenwell oh that dreadful sad explosion which did so much destruction cause brought me to the tree at newgate my sufferings sure no one knows i must leave this world of sorrow on earth i must no longer dwell sentenced to be hanged for murder for the sad affair in clerkenwell alas my name is michael barrett born and brought up in aaron's isle i did adore my native country whereon i oft did sweetly smile oh yes my own dear native aaron behold me on the fatal tree a miserable malefactor in a murderer's grave i soon shall be a traitor did swear hard against me a wretch mulliny known by name worse by far than any other and many persons know the same only one amongst the prisoners and that poor one alas was me poor unhappy michael barrett condemned to die upon a tree i twice have been respited i did not expect to die but i must go in grief and woe on newgate's tree so high that i should gain my liberty some thousands did believe but, oh, alas, all hope is past, and I have been deceived. Farewell, my friends, I'm doomed to leave you, with you I can no longer stay, let not my departure grieve you, I die upon the 26th of May. On the fatal tree at Newgate, for the affair at Clerkenwell, called a Fenian, Michael Barrett, friends and kindred, farewell. I see a hangman now before me, standing on the fatal drop, in the prime of life and vigour hard is michael barrett's lot only one of all the number all the rest alas but me acquitted was but michael barrett dies on newgate's fatal tree alas adieu vain world i leave you i am going to the silent bourne lovely erin i grieve for you but i never shall return approaching is the tuesday morning i am summoned far away Aaron, remember Michael Barrett, who died upon the 26th of May. Execution of Allen, Gould, and Larkin at the New Bailey Prison, Manchester, on Saturday, November 23rd, charged with the willful murder of Sergeant Brett at Manchester on September 18th, 1867. This morning, Saturday, November 23rd, the three unfortunate convicts, Gould, Allen, and Larkin, suffered the extreme penalty of the law at the new bailey prison manchester since their condemnation the culprits have behaved in a most exemplary manner and have paid great attention to the reverend gentlemen who attended them they continued to declare their innocence to the last and appeared to think themselves martyrs to a grand cause and appeared quite ready for the event the mob was very great but not so large as it might have been but for the precautions taken by the authorities who had erected barricades about every thirty yards and so prevented the great pressure that would have been the prisoners were astir at an early hour and partook of the holy communion and at the appointed time calcraft the executioner was introduced when the whole operation of pinioning was gone through the prisoners the meanwhile showed wonderful confidence and appeared to be the least concerned. They all shook hands together, and affectionately embraced one another, and declared themselves ready. The mournful procession was then formed, and at once proceeded towards the scaffold, where on their appearance there was a slight manifestation of applause. Everything having been prepared, the ropes adjusted, the signal was given, and the unhappy men were launched into eternity." The prisoners appeared to die very easy. You, true friends of liberty and sons of the Emerald Isle, attend with an ear of sympathy to what I now relate, and to my sad story I'd have you to list awhile. It's of those poor unhappy men who now have met their fate. It's Allen, Larkin, and Gould, I mean, who of treason have convicted been, coupled with the crime of murder for which we all deplore to the scaffold were condemned we see through struggling for liberty, of that poor unhappy country, the poor old shamrock shore. Now it's well known that Irishmen have oft upon the battlefield nobly fought our battles against old England's foes, and with the hearts of lions have forced her enemies to yield, but to friends they are warm-hearted, as all the world well knows." It's but for their rights they crave, Old Ireland's honour for to save, That has led to this calamity, For which we all deplore. But by treachery they were betrayed, And these poor men have the forfeit paid, And Allen, Gould, and Larkin, alas, are now no more. It was at Manchester, as I now state, They sought their comrades to liberate, And where is the man in such a state Would not have done the same? these poor men they were taken for whom many hearts are aching for there is no one in reason their conduct can well blame it was in the midst of that strife that poor brett he lost his life that has caused the sons of ireland most deeply to deplore and through that sad unhappy day there's many a pitying heart will say poor allan gould and larkin alas are now no more these men they were convicted and by the judge were sentenced, and for the murder and treason they were condemned to die, and left to meet their fate to the gaze of all spectators, though that their lives would be spared it was the country's cry. To God I recommend them, in his mercy to defend them, may their souls shine in glory upon that blessed shore, safe within his keeping, where there will be no weeping, now Allen Gould and Larkin, alas, are now no more h disley printer fifty seven high street st giles london the last moments and confession of william sheward on tuesday april twentieth the last dread sentence of the law was carried out in the case of william sheward convicted at the last norwich assizes for the murder of his wife the culprit died without any very painful struggles he showed a considerable amount of nerve although he trembled a good deal at the drop to which he had to be carried on account of his rheumatism in the prisoner's confession he stated that he killed his wife in june eighteen fifty one and that he afterwards mutilated the body he placed the head in a saucepan and put it on the fire to keep the stench away he then broke it up and distributed it about thorpe he then put the hands and feet in the same saucepan in hopes they might boil away, carried portions of the body away in a pail, and threw them in different parts of the city. The long hair, on my return from Thorpe, he cut with a pair of scissors in small pieces, and they blew away as he walked. The blankets, where there was any blood, he cut in small pieces, and distributed them about the city, and made off with anything that had the appearance of blood about them the prisoner also stated that he never saw or knew his present wife until june twenty one eighteen fifty two twelve months after the occurrence the confession was taken in the presence of a magistrate and the governor and chaplain i am a sad and wretched man borne down in care and woe i am doomed to die for a murder done near eighteen years ago a dreadful deed as you may read i long kept in my breast i had no comfort day or night until i did confess with the dreadful knife i slew my wife and her body round did throw now i must die for a murder done near eighteen years ago i her body into pieces cut and scattered it around here and there i scarce knew where i placed it on the ground i now must die for that foul deed and in a murderer's grave lie low i did her kill her blood i spilled near eighteen years ago i boiled her head now sad to tell i was mad without a doubt i threw it in the different parts i placed it round about kept the secret eighteen years within my guilty breast until the same i did divulge i day nor night could rest for eighteen years, in grief and tears, I passed many a dreary night. I had not one moment's happiness since I killed my own dear wife. At length I did confess the deed, for which I now must die, for a murder eighteen years ago, the which I don't deny. There was letters sent from different parts to say my wife did live, to save me from the gallows, but none would they believe, i could not from justice flee i do deserve my fate no pen can write nor tongue can tell my sad and wretched fate my moments they do swiftly pass i soon shall sleep below i done that dreadful awful deed near eighteen years ago i cut and mangled that poor soul my heart was flinty steel her limbs and body strewed about in hedges lanes and fields H. Disley, printer, fifty seven High Street, St. Giles, London, W.C. End of section ninety six.